0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the best choice for your comfort. Joining us as we get re-ready for Browns and Commanders in the nation's capital, he is Craig Hoffman, the host of the Take Command podcast, our sister podcast uh, with the Commanders, and of course also the host of the Hoffman
2: Show on the team, 980. Craig, thanks so much for the time. Uh, you got it, Daryl. Although this morning when you came on our podcast, you told me the late recording time I could blame on Baskin, and he didn't even show up. Ah, Andy. Ah, he's, yeah, he's on vacation. Literally um, on vacation. <laughs> okay, uh, it's still his fault. It doesn't matter. It's still his it, it,
1: fault. It, it's but when in doubt, we
2: blame Baskin. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go ahead
1: and dive right in. Browns, Commanders, yeah. Washington. They are still alive at seven seven and one. Uh, what's been uh, happening with this uh, this team? They seem like they're a rather pesky bunch. Not a lot of stars, but they just seem to find a way. Uh, why is uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera have this franchise afloat despite the raging dumpster fire
2: that surrounds him? Uh, well, man, that's a, that's a question I spend three hours every day on the Team 980 you know, trying to answer, Daryl. Um, I, I would say this: The roster is actually pretty talented. Um, defensively, their front is about as good as you're going to find in the NFL. Um, maybe the Niners are better. I mean, the Niners are probably better. Um, but outside of that, is there are there many teams that are definitively better? And especially if Chase Young comes back and plays really well. No, like John Allen and Deron Payne are incredible interior defensive linemen. They are top five in basically every statistical category that you can accumulate as interior defensive linemen. Sacks, pressures, QB hits, tackles for loss, you name it, they do it. And in the modern NFL, when you have two interior guys like that, your defense just elevates to an extremely high level. Um, Their secondary has stabilized through most of the middle of the season uh, last week, notwithstanding. Uh, is Cam Curl, who missed the first couple of games, came back from injury. Very, very talented player that not a lot of people know about at safety, and he should be back this week for them. Benjamin Saint Juice, their young corner, uh, he's a TBD with an ankle injury, but he's really helped stabilize after William Jackson the uh, Third was a complete bust in free agency over the course of two seasons. And then offensively, they kind of found this rhythm in the middle of the season where they ran the football really effectively. They have led the NFL in time of possession for most of the season. And then it puts not a whole lot on the quarterback's plate. And of course, this week, uh, as I'm sure folks are aware, if they're listening to a podcast, that means you're probably a pretty big fan and are following what's going on with the game. Uh, Carson Wentz is back as the starter after Taylor Heineke kind of pulled them from the abyss. So there's a lot of questions that come with that, but that's the basic formula. Really excellent defense. Uh, offense that did enough and had a formula that helped maximize the defense. And uh, now they're holding on for dear life.
1: Uh, well, uh, a- as someone who covers the uh, the leading quarterback uh, drama kings of the National Football League, well, at least for, until the arrival of Deshaun Watson, right? He's starter number 34 since 1999. So uh, you mentioned Heineke pulls the... The commander's out from the abyss, right? They get the slow start under Wentz, two and four. He gets banged up. Heineke uh, comes out and wins five of seven. I think they want, uh, what, five, one and one over that? Yeah, they went six, one and one in his
2: starts, yeah. But Uh, then Rivera benches
1: him Friday, or I should say last week in San Francisco, and goes back now to Carson Wentz. What on earth is going on?
2: Yeah, it's a fair question because from a record standpoint, you go well. Let's see. Wentz was two and four, and the last win was the Thursday night game in Chicago, where he threw for ninety nine yards. Uh, granted, he did that with a pretty banged up finger that then kept him out and required surgery. So there's that. But they were they were one and four to start, and two and four in his starts overall, and then Heineke goes six one and one, ultimately six three and one. And that's the problem: is the trend is going the wrong direction. Um, he's a little banged up as well, uh, which I think, does contribute to this. Uh, he actually didn't even practice on Wednesday; uh, got the day to to recover, and he's just physically limited. Like there are things he does well, and, and it's really odd, Daryl, because they like they Wentz and Heineke kind of come out to the same production level. It's really bizarre because their skill sets are like they took one really excellent quarterback. And peeled it apart in the center, and there is almost no overlap. Like, Wentz is a statue. Heineke's really mobile. Carson has a howitzer for an arm. Taylor has a pea shooter. Like, there, there's just, you know, <laughs> the areas of the field they attack. Like, Carson is great or better, I guess, on like outbreaking routes towards outside the numbers. Heineke operates mostly between the hashes, like, or between the numbers. Like, the, it is wild how differently they operate the same offense and that's kind of the question though is if they put Carson in Taylor's offense which is much more in a box much more limited uh, a a scaled down playbook they're not trying to do too much and they're trying to really not have a high neural load to borrow my co-host Logan Paulson's favorite term not a high mental strain on the quarterback what does Carson look like and they're hoping it's the guy that was in Indy last year not in week 17 and 18 the guy who won nine straight games why they couldn't figure that out at the beginning of the year hey we should do the version of the offense that won him nine straight games i don't know i cover the commanders man they're only so smart but that is the hope is that with ron rivera more pointedly telling scott turner hey this is the box don't leave it run the ball a ton let's do what we've done to be successful that carson can actually operate that at a higher level than taylor did and thus they can score a few more points so, uh,
1: of course, the Browns passed on Carson Wentz in 2016. They made that big trade with uh, Philadelphia uh, to give the Eagles the number two pick. Wentz now, I think, has the NFL record for the most draft picks traded to acquire him. <laughs> What's um, that? So, That's so, awesome. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm curious, like, you know, in your interactions with it, does he, like, h- hold a grudge against the Browns? Like, his first NFL game which happened to be against the Browns for the, he embarrassed them. Like the, the Browns look like a bunch of morons when, when, the you know, uh, this
2: first he, two years, Wentz made a lot of people look silly. It's been yeah. A different he, he made them look
1: really that. stupid, but, but I think that everything's kind of evened out now in, in recent years. So just, uh, is he still pissed at the Browns?
2: Um, that's a great question. Uh, since I'm not on the beat anymore, I don't have a chance to talk to him very often. Uh, actually, I don't even know if I've interviewed him. Uh, now that I think about it, uh, that's again, we could go way inside baseball and the media lines that get drawn in this town, but that's a different story. Um, I, to be honest, it didn't come up this week in his press conference. Um, it's the kind of thing that I'm sure was a bigger deal in Philadelphia um, because they were the ones who made the trade, but I mean, he's now on his third team and in many ways, his last chance. Um, I, I mean, that was kind of the question. I mean, a lot of people got upset when it was asked to him him earlier this year like hey is this your last chance he's like well, i don't know like i'm just out here trying to play football which is the correct answer but also a fair question to ask and so i think because washington's in the playoffs because it's his first start back like there's enough other storylines that, that it doesn't come up but it is the kind of thing that i wonder when he goes home you know and he's talking to his wife or you know playing with his, his two little girls if he's like watch what daddy's gonna do to the browns this weekend he's gonna show them but also i mean at this point he's like 30 years old um, he's not a young player anymore. And I tend to think yeah. the more you go through in your career, you tend to to let go of some of those things. Although uh, we both have been around sports long enough that there are some real, and I say this affectionately, there are some real psychopaths in sports and guys like Draymond Green who can name all 35 players who were drafted before him. They never forget. I don't get the sense that Carson's one of those guys.
1: So let's talk about Chase Young for a second. He's back now. Um, just where is he at? What can we expect to see from him? Because when healthy, dominant player. Sure. Uh, you know, he, he can he can wreck a team's afternoon, right? Yeah. So uh, what's going on with him? What can we, I guess,
2: what should the Browns be worried about uh, su- Sunday afternoon? You should be worried that he's getting back to the guy that they drafted um, and that he was at Ohio State uh, if game one back for him was any indication. And I'll get into some of the details in a second. Uh, but obviously toward the ACL over a year ago, he was kind of like is he gonna play yep nope is he gonna play yep nope for about three four weeks like he was on the active roster for a month before he actually played which last week led us to his final you know finally his debut and he was supposed to play between like 12 and 16 snaps he played 32 and that was because his conditioning was so good he looked really fresh he looked really good there was no pain and and it's just like wow okay Is, is chase young just back Um, and it, the first like five or six snaps, he was pretty tentative, but then he kind of felt out the game and he just went and, and the, the detail that's important here, Daryl, and and this is getting a little nerdy, but that's what we do on our podcast. If you want like an hour of super nerdy football talk, uh, on the commander side of this, like check us out, we'll scratch your itch, but his rush angle last year was awful. Um, he started to freelance a lot. And in, in this defense, it's super important to be gap disciplined, gap sound as in most defenses, but especially the way this one's designed and to not let quarterbacks out of the pocket, especially important this weekend against a guy in Watson who's, you know, as he's made his way back, obviously been running quite a bit. And so his rush angles were getting super wide and it's something that he excelled at at Ohio state. He was able to win without cheating basically. And because he is playing here last week, he looked like he was laser in on that kind of detail. It's elevated my expectations for him, frankly. Now, it's one game. Could he lose that? Yes. Uh, We'll see how he feels after playing for the first time and like bouncing back and, and all of that. But it's the kind of thing that I think there was a lot of nerves and frankly, not just from like fans and analysts. The coaching staff kept really being fine with him not coming back. Because they're like, oh, our line's playing really well. Our line's playing really well. We don't need him. We don't need him. Which to me was code for, we're scared he's going to mess it up. Because opposite of Montez Sweat, who's also a really good rusher, they had James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill and F.A. Obata, three like good NFL players, not not anything special, who were just doing the job and doing it at a really high level. And they were afraid that Chase freelancing was going to mess it up. And instead, he makes a couple plays last week you're like, oh right that's why you were drafted number two overall so the guy that you know people up in your neck of the woods obviously saw at ohio state uh, he might be back and that would be a huge (laughs) boost and by the way james smith williams who was the the guy who had the most snaps the starter while chase was out um he has missed a couple days of practice with a concussion not sure if he's going to play this weekend so uh chase is also kind of needed in a way that he wasn't for most of the year All right,
1: hang tight. More with Craig Hoffman coming your way next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.